Good morning. Happy Easter. Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. Let me give you a couple announcements as I welcome you here today. First of all, reminder about the office being closed tomorrow. I want to thank Katie and her helpers for yesterday's Easter egg bash in the Family Life Center. It was a good crowd and we had a lot of fun. I want to, want to remind you too that next Sunday is the rescheduled finance committee and church administrative council. And also a reminder to the compromands and their families that there's no confirmation class today, but next Sunday is the orientation for the confirmation retreat, which is very, very important. And finally, I want to thank uh, Jessica and Ann and the expanded choir today for our music. And I want to remind you that you to follow her direction with the music. And also, I want to thank all those who brought the beautiful flowers today and provided our lilies to uh, brighten up our sanctuary for this most holy and special day called Easter. Thank you. Now let us begin our worship together.
Let us pray together. Almighty God, through your only Son, you overcame death and opened to us the gate of everlasting life. Grant that we who celebrate our Lord's resurrection by the renewing of your Spirit arise from the death of sin to the life of righteousness through the same Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.
faith. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven, and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. seated and if our acolyte who's in charge of lighting our paschal candle will come up and be ready to light and i instruct you to to the end to your bulletin for the liturgy of the lighting of the paschal candle Grace and peace to you from Jesus Christ our Lord. Brothers and sisters in Christ, on this most holy morning in which Jesus Christ passed over from death to life, we gather as the church to watch and pray. This is the Passover of Christ in which we share in Christ's victory over death. So let us pray together. God of life, through Jesus Christ, you have bestowed upon the world the light of life. Sanctify this paschal candle and grant that our hearts and minds may be also kindled with holy desire to shine forth with the brightness of Christ arising, that we may attain to the feast of everlasting life. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The light of Christ rises in glory overcoming the darkness of sin and death. Christ is our light. Amen. Thank you. The children can come forward at this time for children's moments. Today's Easter. Did you have an Easter egg hunt yesterday, or did it get rained out? Did it get rained out? You had it? 
Oh, you did it inside. Good. I wondered about that. Is Easter really all about bunnies and eggs? Or what's it all about? Do you know? It's about Jesus. Good. And ta last Sunday when uh, Kevin Duncan was up here, he ta you talked about Palm Sunday and how there was a parade and people were cheering and were happy to see Jesus coming into Jerusalem. And that was a really good day. But then, as the week went on, things didn't go so well for Jesus. Do you know what happened? He went to a town and the people talked, um, he, they put him in jail and they arrested him. They arrested him, that's right. And he was severely injured and then he was put on a cross and crucified. And his, after that, his body was placed in a tomb, which is really sort of like a cave, that was owned by a man named Joseph of Arimathea. Now, Jesus was a Jew. And Jewish people, even today, like we celebrate on Sunday, they, they think their Sabbath starts. It's when the sun goes down on Friday afternoon, and it all day Saturday till the sun goes down on Saturday. And they don't think you should do anything on those days. Well, by the time Jesus died on the cross, it was getting late in the day, and it was, there really wasn't time to do what the people thought they needed to do, the people who were Jesus' followers. But they did take his body down off the cross, and uh, Joseph of Arimathea said, he had a tomb that he would put, they would like their, to put Jesus' body in. So they wrapped it in cloth and carried it there. And, the, and the, some of his followers followed them to see where his body was going to be. And some of those followers were ladies. And usually in those days, after someone died, they would put some spices and oils and things on the body, maybe just to help with the smell, I'm not sure, but anyway, that was what they did. Well, they didn't have time to do it because it was time for their Sabbath to start. So the ladies went home and got their things together. All day Saturday, they couldn't, they couldn't go and do anything to help to fix Jesus' body. And then when the sun went down, then it was dark. And, you know, this was way before there were cars or flashlights even. So they had to wait till Sunday morning. And just as the sun was coming up Sunday morning, some of Jesus' friends, they were, these were ladies. There was Mary Magdalene and Salome and Joanne and Mary, the mother of James. They went to try to fix Jesus' body. When they got there, all of them on the way, they were talking to themselves, between themselves. You know, they put a big stone over that opening to that cave. How are we going to roll it back? But when they got there, the stone had already been rolled back. And so they looked in, and they saw a young man sitting there, but it wasn't Jesus. And he asked them what they were looking for. Why were they there? And, and they were looking for Jesus' body. And he said, he's no longer here. He, he has risen. Now, what does that mean? He was, he was alive again. That's right. Now, if 
we talked, I thought about Easter eggs. If, if last Sunday I was your Sunday school teacher and I asked you, I gave you a, an empty Easter egg, plastic egg, and said, you bring something next week that makes you think about Easter, what might you bring? Would you bring what? What do you think I might have in here? Just a little couple little flowers. And we've got lots of flowers here in the church today. What? What? What else might you bring? What would make you think of Jesus? <coughs> a butterfly? Let me see if I've got a butterfly. I think I have one. Oh, wait a minute. I don't know if it's in here. No. Then it must be in this one. Here, open it up and see. Yep, I got a butterfly. Uh, what do you think's in this one? What's that? A bird. Yeah, we see all these birds. Well, we've had a yard full of birds this past week. And what about this one? What do you think's in here? Uh, what do you think? No, what is that? Huh? A cross, that's right. And it, this, it's an empty cross. Well, what about this one, Sarah? What do you think's in here? Good. Here, can you say that in the microphone? Nothing because Jesus was, was gone. He wasn't in the tomb anymore. She said it was nothing because the tomb was empty. Jesus was had risen, and this is the empty egg. Now, after we say our prayer, I want each of you to take an egg. Don't take one with speckles on it, please, but just take one of the others. And, you, and it is empty, because I want you to remember why it's empty. And then you can have a package of candy, too, okay? After we say our prayer. Dear God, we thank you for sending your son Jesus to live on earth for some time. We are sorry that he had to suffer on the cross for people everywhere, but we are happy that he rose again according to your plan and that the tomb was empty. Amen. This morning's first scripture lesson comes from the book of Colossians, chapter 3, verses 1 through 4. Rules for holy living. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ and God. 
When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. This is the word of God for the people of God. Report to you for this congregation of Katie and Will Lavender, who are 
members of this congregation, they, they had their little baby boy, and he's doing fine, so don't you like to know that. Let us bow our heads in prayer. O Lord, in your mercy, hear the prayers of these thy people. O God, you are the author of life. And by the resurrection of your son Jesus Christ from the dead, you have shown us your steadfast love. And you've given to us a way to life everlasting. And we give you thanks for this goodness. And because you are our strength and our might, and you have become our salvation, we offer you our praises, our songs, and our words, our hearts, our spirits this day on this wonderful celebration of the resurrection called Easter. And yet we must still confess that despite the wonders you've shown to us that are shown forth through these mighty acts and in all of creation, we still often set our eyes on the things of the earth and we keep the message of your great good news to ourselves. But yet, because of your love for us, we do not have to abide the sting of death. Because he who died and rose again has paid the price on our behalf. And for the sake of the same Jesus Christ who is our Lord, we know that we have forgiveness in you where we have failed. And by the power of your Holy Spirit, we pray that you would fill our hearts with rejoicing and joy and let us go out from here this day and sing your praises and share that joy with everyone we meet and empower us to carry this message in every aspect of our life. While Jesus' victory promises that we will live forever in your presence, there are this day still on, in this plane who are living with hurt and pain and illness. And we pray, O oh Lord, for all those who are inflicted, those that we have included on our prayer uh, chain and list, and all those that we include in our hearts now. We pray that by the same power in which you brought life from death, so now bring wholeness from that which is broken and give to us your peace and understanding in this and all things. In this day of celebration, hear us as we lift these things before you, and in your mercy grant them for the sake of Christ our Lord, who taught us when we are together to say these words. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We, United Methodists, believe that, that giving is an act of worship. So let our ushers come forward now as we continue our worship with our giving.
Matthew's Gospel, chapter 28, beginning at verse 1. After the Sabbath, at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. And there was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. And his appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, He has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb. They were afraid, yet they were filled with joy. And they ran to tell the other disciples. And suddenly on their way, they met Jesus. And he said, greetings to you. And they came to him and clasped his feet and worshiped him. And then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee there they will see me. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. You may be seated. And let us pray. Gracious God, we thank you, O Lord, for all the, the four accounts we have in the four gospel of this moment and the, and the different remembrances but all the, with all the different remembrances of all the different people that participated, one fact remains the same. The tomb was empty. You were risen. And, O oh Lord, we are so grateful that you conquered sin and death and offer us a chance for everlasting life. We pray your Holy Spirit would guide us even now, this day, and each day. Amen. Well, good morning again. <laughs> Happy Easter again, and Christ is risen again, and welcome to Easter Sunday. And this is the day, you know, when everybody knows exactly what I'm going to say. And so I feel a little bit like Art Linkletter. Any of you remember him? I might be dating myself a little bit. But he wrote a book about his experiences on TV, and it was called Children Say the Darndest Things. And he recalls in his book about asking a little girl to tell him all about Easter, well, she said, Easter is when Jesus comes out of a cave that has been closed up with a big stone. Really? Well, what happened next, said Linkletter. And the little girl, she smiled ever so sweetly. And then she said, Jesus saw his shadow and we had six more weeks of winter. <laughs> so what can I say today? that will explain Easter in a different or new way without getting the facts wrong. Well, first of all, we don't have to explain Easter at all. We don't have to explain the resurrection to anybody. The resurrection explains us. The resurrection explains who we are, why we are here today. And because Easter happened, because the resurrection happened, the church happened, you happened. But the story of Easter is so familiar that sometimes we fail to see that there are some details in the different accounts that are very interesting. So I want to just share with you briefly a couple of those. And maybe it'll give us some new insight into things this Easter. 
First, I want to tell you something that you probably don't know. The stone was rolled away. Oh, I see that look of amazement on your faces. You know, we know that, Joseph. Yes. But you know, the stone was rolled away not to let Jesus out. Not to let Jesus out, but to let us in. I say this because of the account that we just read, and I say it because of the other accounts of Jesus' appearances uh, to the disciples and others during the next 50 days. A lot of people think on Easter morning he rose from the grave and rose right on up to heaven, but that's not what happened. He stuck around for about 50 days visiting the disciples and others in various places, oftentimes when they were behind locked doors and he made his appearances. You see, closed doors never kept Jesus in or out. And Matthew makes this clear in today's reading. In the account that I just read, it says that after Mary Magdalene and others had come to the tomb, there was a great earthquake. And an angel of the Lord rolled the stone and away and set upon it. The stone was rolled away. Not to let Jesus out. If it had been, they would have met Jesus right then there, walking out of the tomb going, Hi, ladies, here I am. He wasn't in the tomb. He had already left the building. The stone was rolled away for us to look inside the tomb. You see, for centuries... We have, the pe people had wanted to know about the dark depths of death. But the tomb had always been the door that sealed it with secrecy. The tomb always had mocked us as people or scared us to death. It has always stood as the dead end of all our efforts in life. And yet, what happens on Easter morning, God wanted to make sure we understood that the stone was not rolled away to let Jesus out. It was rolled away so those first witnesses would not be afraid again of the tomb so that they could hear the words of the angel, do not be afraid. They could hear the words, I know you're looking for Jesus who was crucified, but he is not here. He has been raised just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Easter rolls the stone door of the tomb away for us so that we might penetrate the mystery of death to help us not to be fearful of death. It makes the tomb a tunnel, a tunnel into the heart of God. It shows us that God is the author and perfecter of life. Not death. We live in a time when it's often described as a culture of death. God does not have anything to do with that. God is the author of life. God rolls the door of the tomb away to let us in, to allow us to see that His promises are true. And praise the Lord for it. We can go in, look around, and go, don't have to worry about this place anymore. Christ has raised from the dead, and so can I. This tomb has no power over me. Second thing I want you to see is this. The tomb is not completely empty. 
Now, Joseph, you just told us that Jesus was not in the tomb. That's right. Christ's body was not there. But the place is filled with all kinds of things. First of all, it's filled with angels. Then it's filled with words. Words like, look, he's not here, he's risen. It is filled with joy. It's filled with witnesses. The tomb is not, does not hold Jesus, but it's not empty. It is full of words, words of joy, words that say, go and you will see him in Galilee. If the women on that first Easter morning had looked into an empty and silent tomb, then our resurrection faith might be based on human speculation. It might be based on, well, what happened to his body? Where did he go? It might have been based on an assumption of the moment or an argument based on negative evidence. But no, our faith is based on words spoken to us by God there in the midst of the tomb. It is based on God's holy promise spoken, of course, by Christ to us before he died and spoken to us through the angel that day on, this, on the first Easter Sunday. And that word has echoed and re-echoes within that tomb. It still fills the emptiness of that tomb today. And it still fills the emptiness of our world and the emptiness of our lives. He is risen, words of joy and angelic presence into God's wish for us to know these things that day, that morning, has caused the tomb to become something else. It has caused the tomb to also become a trumpet, a trumpet that proclaims the victory of life and death. And it, and it plays this tune and shouts these words forever and ever to us. Do you know that in tradition there is, or the scripture, there's no other written evidence or tradition that says that they ever went back to the tomb. The witnesses who heard and saw and looked inside the empty tomb and heard it filled with the words of promise and angelic presence never returned to the tomb. There was no reason to return to the tomb. They had Christ risen with them. He was there present to them. And there was no reason to go back to the tomb and, and think about the tomb. In fact, what was preserved through antiquity was his place of birth. His place of birth. That's because his birth and his resurrection have destroyed the tomb. And the continuation of Christ's presence and his mission in the world, uh, first in Galilee and ultimately to the ends of the earth, this tomb then has become something filled with even more than joy and words and promises and angels. This tomb has become something that we can turn our backs upon. And that's the last and third thing I wanted you to see. When the ladies left, they had to turn their backs. Have you ever left any place? When you get up and leave today and you walk out that door, you're going to turn your backs, okay, on everybody up here. You see, because of Easter, we can turn our backs. We can turn our backs on sin, on death, on temptation, on fear. We don't have to worry about those things. 
Matthew's account tells us that when Mary Magdalene and the others had heard the angelic assurance that he is risen, that they left and ran away from the grave, not towards it, away from it, to tell with great joy the disciples what had happened. And joy is the key word here. The tomb is no longer to be feared. We can turn our back on it forever in joy because Christ was buried, but he wouldn't stay dead. The tomb could not hold him. And because of him, the tomb cannot hold you either. And that is indeed a reason for the choir to sing hallelujah. This indeed is, something, is a reason for us to shout hallelujah. Jesus promised to us before he died that this would occur. But as we are so oftentimes doubting, we seem to find that to be an incredible thing. Maybe a metaphor. And for some reason, we didn't believe it. Just kind of like when after uh, uh, Jesus appeared to the disciples and, uh, and Thomas wasn't present and he doubted it and Jesus appeared again, we have that tendency to doubt. And yet we, we have within us this hope of heaven, this spark of joy, this want to believe that we can turn our backs upon the tomb. And I think... I have been thinking about this for over 20 years. What is it that causes us to come and rejoice on Easter morning? What causes us? You know what it is? It's the fact that the stone was rolled away from the tomb for, uh, for us to look in, not to let Jesus out. It was rolled away for us to know that death is not the end, but rather a new beginning. And every Easter, I believe, just like with the flowers that come up and show us the newness of the earth as spring is, becomes real, real, real for us, it reminds us that it's a time that we can be renewed, that we can be renewed in our faith, that it doesn't really matter so much how things have been before Christ looks at us with eyes of possibility. And we can come on Easter and be reminded as the flowers bloom onto this cross that this cross now has become for us a symbol of life. It is a new beginning that proclaims victory that Christ won for us. And so that's why we come. We come and we rejoice and we remember and we remember and we are thankful, and then we turn our backs on that grave and on that cross and on everything else that was so hideous at the time, and we look anew at a future that has faith and hope, and we're confident. We're confident in God's promises. We know they will be fulfilled in our life, in the lives of our loved ones, and so we go from this place living in hopeful expectations and we no longer fear. And that is worthy of our time, our presence, and our hallelujahs. Once again, Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. The stone was rolled away to let us see that it's now filled with words of joy. 
Let us stand and sing. is risen 
is the most important blessing you can ever receive. And so I'd simply leave you with the blessings of Christ is risen, Christ is risen indeed. Amen.